Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's uh, LabRad training uh, roundtable. Uh, this week, we're talking about the management principle of trusting in God. And uh, I'm your host, David Newby. Um, if this is your first time listening in, you can go to lawred.org, and it's L-A-R-E-D.org. Uh, click on the Principles tab and scroll down and uh, click on the two-page PDF document uh, where it says Trust in God. Uh, so, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. We'll do I'll put it in a prayer, and then um, we can go into discussing the topic. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for... Um, the fact that we can trust in you, that you are so uh, reliable and dependable. Um, I thank you, Father, that you never fail. And um, there are a lot of things that fail in society. Uh, we fail. Oftentimes we sin. Uh, people that we're counting on fail, and, it, and they let us down, and it's frustrating. Father, you never fail. So I pray that we would um, put our trust in you and learn to um, apply trusting in you to our business and to our work, uh, that we may be more fruitful and more effective. Uh, we just commit this time of studying to you, and we pray all these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, so the verse for this week is Proverbs 11:28, and which states, uh, "Trust in your money, and down you go. Trust in God, and flourish as a tree." So that's a uh, an amazing contrast there between trusting in money and trusting in God. Uh, we're going to go ahead and read the first couple of paragraphs of this study here, uh, or in the first page of the two-page PDF, and then we'll have some discussion about it. Um, as you're going through this, definitely underline any key things that jump out to you uh, from the study here. Uh, the American dollar reads, in God we trust. Do we? Our ancestors did. They understood that it was not just important to grow, but to trust in God. Evidence of this is our use of the Bible in court, and the principles our nation has been built on. The Bible was the foundation and cornerstone from which they structured the Constitution and built our prosperous society. They were aware that money could become our God, so they printed those words as a reminder, the words in God we trust on the money. Our lives and country will continue to flourish if we keep ourselves committed to God and his principles. Has America flourished? Yes, indeed. Are we still flourishing? Yes, but we are on shaky ground when we trust in money rather than in God. Why will trusting in money make us fall? First of all, a person who doesn't acknowledge the majesty, power, and guidance of God will become self-willed, trusting only in himself and his money. He will create his own moral code that will justify his actions. Without the fear of God, societies become self-righteous. They will compare themselves among themselves and think better of themselves than they should. Money, rather than God, then becomes the standard by which we value ourselves, and it will take us down. The Soviet Union tried it and failed miserably. 
So will any society that rejects God's law as their standard. If we want to flourish, we must believe and trust in God, seeing money only as a byproduct of certain values, a medium of exchange. Second, without trusting God and establishing more right morals and values, our money will go through our pockets as if they had holes. Hmm. The very first sentence of that second uh, paragraph is interesting because um, they talk about it in an individual. Why will trusting in money make us fall? And then they expand it to, um, you know, if an individual doesn't acknowledge God, they're going to be self-willed, trust themselves, and they're going to make foolish mistakes. And then they expand that to talk about uh, the Soviet Union, you know, a whole nation declaring there is no God, and in essence making the men of the country, uh, the people of the country, God. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was not sustainable. Yeah, I think um, that's a great thing that we should ask ourselves is um, regularly is uh, how are we measuring our worth and how are we valuing ourselves? If we're looking at our uh, nest egg and our total net worth and fretting, if it falls 10 or 20% like happened in the stock market over the last couple of weeks, I think it fell about a little under 10%. Um, it can be very easy to uh, to freak out whenever your net your net worth is going down. But if um, if you trust God as the standard of your value, and He's the one who gives you the principles to live by, um, that sense of Soviet Union. Um, so will any society fail? Uh, any society that rejects God's law as their standard will fail miserably. Um, I think it's interesting the whole um, looking at things at a societal level you know a country flourishing um, yeah I think America is still flourishing financially this still is one of the best places in the world to live as far as um, opportunity to grow and to do great things I think um, it's almost in spite of the government today with how many rules new rules the government has put in place um, the good thing is there's still a lot of entrepreneurs and people that will invest in your company, and there's still a lot of different banks you can get some bank financing from. Um, this is still a great place to start or grow a business in, uh, in the United States, and we're truly blessed. I, um, I think as a country, maybe we have moved into a place of trusting in money, so um, that is shaky ground. And so um, I think we as individuals, you know, it's our job as the church to shine our light in the marketplace uh, where we work, and uh, also, you know, with our families. So I'd encourage you, um, if you have coworkers freaking out about the stock market and, you know, it may fall a lot more this month in September, um, show them that you're not shaken, you know, that your trust is truly in God and look for opportunities to um, let them know, I'm concerned about this as well, but it's not going to devastate me, you know, like God is in control and I'm going to trust God and uh, seek him for direction and, and um, you know that you know he's he has empowered me to deal with any kind of financial situation. I um think there is a real move in our country to even start a sort of rewrite history and say that America was not a Christian nation, or a lot of times people will say a lot of the founding fathers were uh, deists, like they believed in God but they weren't Christians. And so I think that um you know pointing to a lot of the uh, 
written and recorded statements of the founding fathers and those that signed the Declaration of Independence, where they basically acknowledge the guide of the Bible is really important to remind uh, people, especially young people, um, because I think they're being taught in America, public schools that you know America was not necessarily a Christian nation at the founding, and the Bible was not the cornerstone or the place from which our Constitution uh, drew up most of its laws from, was the Bible um, in British society. So, you know, a lot of it was based on British common law and uh, in the Bible, you know, looking to our, our, rights, our rights to us are inalienable and given to us by God. That's what the Declaration of Independence states. Um, so, um, yeah, I think it's really important that we remember the roots of our country, not just as history, but as uh, a key reason that our country has flourished. Um, I think that very last sentence of the second paragraph is really um, powerful as well. Without trusting God in establishing right morals and values, our money will go through our pockets as if they had, as if they had holes. The pocket set is. Um, I think we need to remember that uh, adding value to the marketplace and operating from the right values in business um, is the key to uh, our net worth and to growing our wealth. You know, it says in also in other Proverbs verse that um, in the uh, house of the wise are, are stores of wealth and the house of the wise are filled with many beautiful things. So, yeah, that means if we're wise, we're going to be spending less than we make and storing things up and, and um, wisely investing, you know, wisely investing our time and the things that produce the best uh, results. Um, if we just do what we feel is the right thing, you know, the alternative to trusting God is trusting yourself and your own intelligence and your own ability to do things. Um, you can be successful for quite a while just doing what you think is the right, the right thing, but in the long term, you're going to make mistakes that are really devastating. Uh, there's another verse in Proverbs that says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So, um, you always do what you think is the best thing to do. Eventually, you're going to make some fatal mistake, and um, it's going to cost you everything. So, um, I think that you know, we need to be trusting God and seeking God's guidance um, to always make the right decision. That's that's how King David never, ever lost a battle. It's every time he went to war, he would ask God beforehand, um, should I go to battle or not? Sometimes God just said yes. Sometimes God said no. Sometimes he said yes and gave him a very specific strategy to use. Um, you know, but he would have sought God every time. He would have made some mistakes and lost some wars, uh, lost some battles. So um, let's model David and, and seek God's direction. Uh, regularly, you know, as we face different daily battles uh, in life so that we can make the right decisions. So let's read the next uh, paragraph here, and then we'll go into the benefits. Um, Without God's laws for governing, we become unbalanced, we become wasteful, and lose our sense of productivity. Then we want to raise taxes rather than plug the holes in our pockets. When we give more value to money than what it should have, we expect things from it. Men expect their wives to love them more. Parents expect their kids to be good students. And we expect to solve problems by throwing money at it. This is why people get into debt and live beyond their means. All money can really do is provide a roof over our head, put food on the table, and clothing on our backs. Without the knowledge and application of principles that protect liberty, peace, community, prosperity, and happiness, our money will disappear. 
Hmm. And one hand, it can almost seem like it's saying money, you know, will handle everything. Like money can, all money can really do is provide a roof over our head, put food on our table, and clothing on our backs. Um, you know, it can also, you know, like no matter how much savings you have or how much money you have invested, I mean, what you're going to use that for is, you know, basic necessities. And of course, you can use it in buying, you know, uh, fancy cars or luxuries. But if you do that at too fast a rate, you're going to run out of it, and you know, we need to make sure we have enough money to buy necessities. So I think that um, it's easy the more money you have. It's, it's easier to um, – I think I know I've experienced in my own life when I had a lot more money, it was easier It was easier for me to sort of uh, slack off. I felt like, well, I have a lot of money right now. I don't have to work as hard. And so it can induce laziness if we're not careful. Um, I have a friend, he made a million dollars trading commodity futures in the 70s. And actually, he had some trader guy trading it for him. And um, I think for like four or six months, he told me, like he had so much money that he didn't even work. You know, he just felt so rich. And then this guy did another trade six months later. And uh, he was he he traded in the wrong direction on wheat. I think he had bought some wheat. And then um, Russia declared a wheat embargo. They weren't selling their wheat. So... Um, or no, he had sold wheat. That's what it was. So he he couldn't get out of the contract and buy the contracts back because every day the price of wheat wheat was going limit up, meaning you can't trade at all. Like it just no one is willing to sell their contracts. So um, what that means is uh, by the time he got out of that trade, he had lost a whole million dollars and he had to go back to work. So I think we should really be careful um, to be, to not put our faith in our money because um, it can make us lazy you know, if we're not careful. And, also, there's another proverb that says, um, don't put your faith in money, for money can fly off to the sky like an eagle. Basically, it can be gone. It can be here today and gone tomorrow. Um, or it can be here this hour and gone in an, you know, gone an hour from now. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, we need to really, really be aware that we need to always be applying wisdom to situations and not just throwing money at situations because, um, you know, it's very foolish to think that money can take care of everything. It can't. Um, you know, and it says uh, people, you know, expect all these things from money, like a husband expecting their wife to love them more or um, expecting to solve a problem by throwing money at it as a society. I think that um, we've done it as a society, you know, um, just uh, we, I feel like we have too many social welfare programs and we've spent too much money on them, and uh, that's contributing to our debt, our national debt, that is. Um, I think on an individual basis, we can do that as well. You know, a husband can have his wife get fed of him and go spend more money than he has in cash to buy her a present to try to make it up, you know, thinking money will solve, solve things with the spouse. So um, I think that we need to... Uh, Really, this last paragraph, again, is just saying that we need to be putting our faith in God and not putting our faith in money. So, yeah, let, let's pray for our, our, our leaders. I think a lot of times it's easy to complain about leaders. And when I was younger, I was a lot more into politics. The older I get, the more I realize that there's so much uh, power we have by being able to pray for our leaders. So I think we need to really be praying for our leaders, too. Um, act wisely and rule with justice. Um, if we pray for that and, and we ourselves are being wise stewards, then I think that um, 
you know, our nation is gonna is going to do well. So let's let's make sure that we're praying for our leaders at least twice as much as we're complaining about what they're doing or not doing that we'd like them to do. So let's go into the benefits and uh, the steps to follow here. Um, benefit number one of trusting in God. If we trust in God, we will not fear circumstances. Number two, we will be optimistic about the future. Benefit number three, we know that money is temporal and perishes. Benefit number four, we will live according to the rules that produce prosperity. And benefit number five, we will be balanced in our lives. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. If we we find ourselves freaking out whenever there's a trying circumstance, it's a big reminder to us that uh, we have an opportunity to grow and trust God more that we're not trusting him enough in that area. I think that goes hand in hand with number two, being optimistic. You know, if you look, if you think about the future and you're and you're fretting or you're scared, then give that to the Lord and say, Lord, hey, I need you to give me the the hope that that you've already given me in my heart that I'll and I'm looking forward to the future about what you're going to do, what you're going to do in my life, what you're going to do in in society as a whole. Let's go look at the steps to follow. Um, step number one: get to know God more and learn about His principles and laws. Step number two, commit to live by principles and values that build trust. Number three, when facing problems, don't lose hope and believe that you will solve them by doing the right things. Um, It's interesting that number two, commit to live by principles and values that build trust. I think um, we're always putting our trust in something. So the question is, um, am, am I demonstrating trust in God with the way I'm acting in this area or not? Um, I think that's, that would be something to ask people around you that really know you well. You know, are there, what, in what areas could I trust God more? Or does it seem like maybe I'm not trusting God? Um, Maybe you fret and you really uh, vocalize fear to people when you face certain situations with your kids or certain situations in your work or situations with your spouse, um, even with a sibling. So um, I think we should really be honest with ourselves and, and ask others for input. Sometimes we don't want to hold ourselves to account uh, uh, enough. And you know, also, we can be too hard on ourselves sometimes. So I think getting another person's opinion in this kind of questions um, is really, really important. Yeah, I think that, um, that number three, when facing problems, don't lose hope. Believe that you will solve them by doing the right things. Uh, I love that verse, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes we face a really big problem and we don't know what to do. But if we meditate on that verse, I can solve this through Christ. I already have the strength to solve this. So then you ask the Lord, okay, Father, which principle of your word should I implement here to solve this problem? You know, where can I demonstrate and be wiser? Um, where can I put away foolishness and, and put on wisdom? So um, I think that we should, um, whenever we find ourselves being hopeless, let's let's do that. Let's be, become very aware of it and stop moving in that direction and move in the direction of being hopeful, you know, focusing more on the Lord and his goodness and his promises. Um, there are three ways we can measure our trust in God. Number one, when things go wrong, what source do you turn to? 
Number two, how much effort do you put into living by God's principles? And number three, how much would it take to make you lie or steal for personal gain? Hmm. There's a fourth thing. You know, I said there's three ways. How do you invest the money you make? Hmm. I would expand that um, the one on the floor, I, um, when things go wrong, what source do you turn to? Uh, I would definitely say in the past, I would look to basically just spend money to solve things. Sort of like what they said on the first page, throwing money at a problem. For example, um, you know, get a ticket or something, just just pay a lawyer to go to court and fight it, you know. Um, the better, the, the stronger source to turn to is, and that example would be, okay, um, how can I drive and, and obey the laws better so that um, I don't get a ticket in the first place? Sometimes, you know, we get a, a unjust ticket. If that's the case, then by all means, uh, fight it during the intent to beat it. But I think... Um, if we don't, if we don't um, look to change our ways, then we're just going to keep repeating whatever mistakes are, are, are causing things to go wrong in the first place. Let's really uh, consider our ways, which is really what number two is talking about. How much effort do you put into living by God's principles? Um, and at number three, that's any different for um, everybody. And I. Uh, there's a proverb that says, a good name is more desirable than silver or gold. And there's another couple of proverbs that say, um, better is a good name than uh, gold or rubies. I think it says rubies and that uh, are precious gems. So, you know, someone offered you a million dollars in gold bullion and said, all you have to do is say uh, you do this for our company when you really don't do that for the company to do something else. Um, or whatever that might look like, you know, those kind of things can appear in all kinds of different ways in the work in the work environment. Um, yeah, I mean, even if someone wanted to hire you for something and they're gonna, it's a hundred thousand dollar contract, and they ask, can you do this? And you can do, they ask you to do five things, and you can do four out of the five. You know, are you gonna be have integrity and say, we can't do that fifth thing right now, but we can bring someone on our team and we can get that fifth thing done? Are we going to tell them, yeah, we can do it, um, even though we're not sure if we can do the fifth thing or not? Um, I think that that kind of integrity, we need to really be um, a more effective question. And number three is how much would it take would be, um, what are you going, what strategy are you going to implement to make sure that you're, to keep you from lying or stealing for personal gain, you know, in the business world? Because um, everybody sort of seems to have a number. Uh, and there are some people who don't have a number, but it's, you know, it would be something. If someone offered me a million dollars or $10 million to do something that I know is wrong, um, to be dishonest about, that definitely be a temptation. I wouldn't need to meditate on God's word. So uh, that's why I bring up that proverb, you know, better is a good name than uh, silver or gold or gold or precious rubies. Um yeah, and then number four, how do you invest the money you make? I think that um, 
Well, sometimes we'll just apply that to money only. Oh, I, I invest in a mutual fund. I in, in mutual funds. I invest in my business. I invest in gold, silver. You know, uh, invest in life insurance. Whatever you invest in, you invest in real estate. Um, most people would just automatically think about the money in that regard. I think that um, how we invest our time is just as big of a sign of uh, measuring where we're putting our trust or what our, what we value. You know, if you if you invest a ton of time in like studying the stock market and almost like fretting about where to put your money, then that's showing that money is you know you, you're putting too much trust in your money. If um, if you basically you know if your dollar cost averaging or investing in the stock market, whether through life insurance policies or through mutual funds, I think if you just think of that with a long term eye and um, don't really check it all the time. And if you're not really actively trading, buying and selling stocks or commodities, there really isn't too much reason to be following it um, daily. Um, and I even have one friend, they've, they've been very honest about it. They almost feel like the way they invest in the stock market, it's like gambling for them. You know, they'll like put a lot of their portfolio in a particular stock or just a couple stocks. And, um, you know, they've really struggled with that and they said, Man, this is like this is like my gambling, you know, doing the stock market. Just so just because you're a Christian, you don't know if it's go to a casino, if you're taking big bets and putting, you know, half of your nest egg or a really large percentage of your nest egg in a particular stock or a particular trade, trying to, you know, make thirty percent, you know, in a month or something. If you're if you're not a professional investor, you don't have a lot of skill at that, a lot of self discipline, then um you know, that can show that you're putting too much trust in your money. So, um, you know, the way that you're investing. So it's really, we honest with ourselves about the way we're investing and is it is it demonstrating trust in God or not. Let's go ahead and read these last two, uh, last two paragraphs. Trust in God does not mean that we stop planning or working to obtain our dreams. It should not make us passive and lazy. Trusting God means we rely on and believe in God and pattern our lives and businesses around his values. Trust means to count on or have confidence in. Trust comes from experiencing and knowing someone. We can't buy or demand it. It is earned. When we experience God and get to know him, we will find that he is trustworthy, faithful, and just. We put our confidence in him and pattern our lives after his principles and values, which will give us a good life. When we trust in money, it is temporal and perishable. God's laws are fixed and can be trusted. They are everlasting. Heaven and earth will pass away before his law does. Trust in God causes us to live by the rules that bring prosperity, but trust in money will cause us to become greedy and out of balance, which destroys our character. Well, that first paragraph here about trust comes from relationship. Um, Experiencing and knowing someone, I uh, I read an awesome book a couple months ago called um, How to Be a Superhero Like David, or How to Be a Superhero: Live a Life Like King David, written by Johnny Enlow, and uh, I highly recommend you read it if you haven't already. Um, in the book, he really talks about uh, how David had so much time alone with God uh, out in the fields as his shepherd, and how he really became very um, intimate and got to know God intimately in those times being alone. Um, I think we should really take time to carve out 
and get some alone time with God in the morning, you know, or times when other people are not around. Sometimes I might just need to go to a place where other people aren't around to really um, go deeper in our relationship with God. You know, the more time we invest with the Father, then the more that we're going to be able to trust Him because um, we're going to sense His heart for us and the Holy Spirit will speak to us and guide us. And, um, and He promised us His plans for us are good. We can't, you know, He wants to bless us more than we could hope for or imagine. But also, I think we need to realize that first sentence there, trusting God should not make us passive and lazy. Um, we don't just stop working. I think that if we're waiting on the Lord or trusting in the Lord, we should be actively trusting in the Lord. You know, faith without works is dead. We need to be we're trusting that God provides. We should be actively uh, doing things and, and working, and we should be um, actively, you know, uh, watch, maintaining our flocks, as it says in Proverbs. You know, keep a close watch on the uh, condition of your fields. For prosperity, it's not, not guaranteed. You know, um, we need to really um, actively wait on the Lord and actively demonstrate our faith in Him. Yeah, I'll share two stories, you know, about uh, net worth to really drive home the point about you know, money being temporal and perishable. Um, uh, I got a course from a guy really an awesome course, by the way. It's called the 12-Month Millionaire uh, Course. The name of the guy who made it is escaping me now. But he built up a business that was doing about 9 to $10 million a month in sales within, I think, 12 or 13 months. And by the 18th month in the business, he actually had like $47 million in the bank cash. And, um, you know, you would think, well, this guy is doing awesome like he hasn't made. His name is Vincent James. Well, uh, someone that worked for him, actually a limo driver that his, his, his uh, partner had fired real abruptly and rudely, got all mad, and basically makes, made some false claims about them, saying they were selling drugs out of their warehouse. And um, the state, uh, whatever it was, um, uh, what do they call them, district attorney or looked at it, and um, the attorney general said, you know, this is there's nothing to this. This is a false claim. But their city district attorney took up the case and decided to look into it. So the first thing a government body does when they look into something is they'll freeze all your money. This guy had all his money in that one bank account. I mean, he literally went from having $47 million in the bank to having to borrow a few hundred thousand from, from friends uh, just to buy a, hire a lawyer to defend himself. So one of the things he learned from that was, um, he says, you know, he should have had a million dollars in a, in a, in a, in a vault somewhere um, or in a safe somewhere, you know, whether it's cash or gold or both, um, just as a little nest egg there. So if he ever got some fake, false, trumped-up charges brought against him, he could pay a good lawyer and defend himself, you know, write out the um, the legal thing. And sadly, I've known several, several other people who have quite a bit of money. Um, I had a personal mentor who made about $15 million a year who um, had his whole business shut down and, and a similar thing. Um, a political guy wanted to make a name for himself, you know, prosecuted him. And, um, you know, when your business is shut down and if you don't have cash set aside that they can't freeze, that's not in the bank account, um, he had a very similar situation. So, um, you know, I'd encourage you, uh, one, I'd encourage you to keep some of your money in cash and, 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 and bullion coins. Don't keep it all in the bank because um, banks, bank accounts can be frozen. And, uh, you know, sometimes when nations have big uh, shakings financially, uh, whole whole uh, whole banking systems can be frozen. I have a friend who lived in Cyprus uh, two years ago when they froze everybody's bank accounts for about six weeks. 
And um, literally, people could not even buy groceries unless they had some gold or silver or some cash in their house. Um, they couldn't even buy basic necessities um, in that whole country. So they, you know, they call it a bank holiday. So um, I encourage you, just realize that the systems of men reset and some systems fall apart and crumble and new systems come up. So, um, you know, don't put your faith in your in your money and be a wise steward of it. You know, don't keep it all in one place. Uh, I hope that that can be of uh, value to you. If Because um, a lot of people think there might be you know, we're at about the 40-year point of the current financial system we're in. Um, since 74, that was when Nixon took us off the gold standard. So it's 41 years since that happened. If you look at history, about every 40 years, a new world financial system basically gets put in place. Um, so, uh, yeah, just be wise considering that. Uh, and, again, realizing God is the one who is going to provide for you. But we should also be wise stewards. Um, you know, so don't put your faith in your money. Be a wise steward of your money. Well, lastly, in the reflect and respond section, um, it's always good to ask yourself these questions because we're going to get the most value out of this training. Um, number question number one, what does trusting in God mean to you personally? Number two, is there anything that keeps you from trusting in God's ways? If so, what? Number three, what decisions have you made lately that show you are trusting in God and that money? I encourage you to really take some time to like a few minutes to think through these questions and write them down. And then pray over those things, especially the um, the second one. You know, if there's anything that you feel like is stopping you or preventing you from trusting God more, um, pray over that and give that to the Lord and ask Him to increase your faith. Um, and then lastly, in the reflect and respond section, um, evaluate yourself in terms of how, how well you're trusting in God from 1 to 10, 10 being you're trusting completely, 1 being you don't trust Him at all. Um, why did you give yourself this rating? Uh, what benefits will you obtain by raising your rating? And then our last question there is, what specific action can you put into practice to test the benefits of this principle? Um, I'll tell you now, I have, you know, I've, I know that sometimes I hesitate a while to take part of my uh, nest eggs, if you will, my cash reserves, and spend some of them on, um, in my case, you know, a marketing campaign. I'm looking to do about a, $1,500 or $2,000 marketing campaign over the next couple of weeks, and I just need to go and, and do that. And sometimes I'll I'll be uh, hesitant to um, to do something. Like I'll wait a week or two and procrastinate, you know, sometimes until I have a little more money built up in my nest egg. You know, it's like, oh, I have 50 grand instead of 40 grand, then I can go invest that four or five and I'll still have plus five. You know, that's, that's, that's trust in money thinking. If we feel that the Lord is really telling us to do something, then we should do it and take action and um, do it. You know, do it now. Um, so that's something I need to do now, and that's an action that I'm going to put into practice. Um, you know, getting this press release done and my mail packets out in the next week for uh, my new venture you know, that I'm launching to uh, to share with joint venture partners. So I've, I've been building a, a billionaire club for the last six years. I've arranged all of the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes by uh, topic. And um, it's taken me a long, long time to do that. Um, I've also built a database of every billionaire in the world, their address, their phone number, um, you know, built bios on them, like their family, their kids, their age, uh, what what they're into, what makes them take their, their philosophies. So um, it is like the biggest thing I've ever done. So I think about a million dollars this venture. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could it could make between 10 and $20 million the very first year. So, you know, that's a 10 to 20 times uh, return on investment, you know, in one year. 
So uh, I just need to execute and be faithful and uh, trust in the Lord. So I'm just sharing that with you. Hopefully that will inspire you to um, take action quickly yourself with whatever things the Lord has put in your heart to do. So um, I guess I wrap up this uh, this week's training here. I encourage you very strongly, write down at least one specific thing that you're going to put into practice um, this next week to demonstrate trusting in God instead of trusting in your money. And um, start to, you know, do that over the next several weeks, and that will become a new habit for you. Um, whatever things, this really show, this is a weekly tracker. I'd encourage you, if there's anything that you really want to start doing differently, um, have some accountability and do it for at least three weeks straight, because um, that's how you can form a new habit is by doing something consistently for three to four weeks in a row. All right, I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer here. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this call. Um, I thank you for this training that the people of Lared did a great job putting together. Um, I thank you that we can trust in you, that you are trustworthy, that um, that um, that if we live according to your principles, that we will not fail. So I pray that you would show us, Holy Spirit, uh, areas that we can trust in you more. We can demonstrate greater faith. Um, we can confess. We confess any ways that we have been trusting in our money instead of trusting in you. You know, forgive us for trusting in the creation instead of you, Father. And uh, renew our minds that we will demonstrate a higher level of faith in you. And um, that we will take even greater action with whatever uh, things you have called us to do, whether that's in our work or in our family lives um, or in other environments. Um, I thank you, Father, that you desire to use us mightily. And I pray that you would use us mightily, that you would find us faithful servants and that we would be seeds that would bear a a tenfold or a hundredfold increase. Um, so find us to be fertile soil that you that your word would um, would grow and produce mighty, mighty fruit, mighty results in our lives. Again, Father, I thank you for this time, and uh, we lift it to you, and we ask that you would um, help us to show more trust in you as we go through this these coming weeks, and that you would be glorified from that. We pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, thank you for your time uh, on this recording. I'd love to hear your feedback. You know, if you're following us in any of the Facebook groups, I'd love to hear your feedback on the call, and I hope that you'll be able to uh, join us again on the future call very soon. All right, God bless. Talk to you later. Bye for now.